0: Hey, welcome this morning to City Church Operation Blessing Weekend. This is Thanksgiving weekend. Can we just give God a great big hand and just tell him thanks? Thanks for all of his grace and provision. We are so honored that you are with us here today. I want to take just a moment. Last, We've been in a series called Operation Blessing for four weeks and we've been giving to ministries and I've been challenging us as a congregation to give and last week we did one day to give for global missions and uh, you heard from some missionaries that were saying thank you from around the globe. Because of our giving, we're enabling them to stay on the field and continue to share the love of Jesus and uh, last week you gave almost $11,000 in the one day give to offering. Can you give God a great big hand? Thank you for your generosity today. And we just finished our small group semester on, I finished my last, uh, my small group uh, this last Wednesday. So if you're not in a small group or if you've never been in a small group, uh, we are going to be starting small groups again in the month of January, and I would encourage you to just make yourself available to that. We had over 50 small groups this last semester, and our group, we finished strong. Uh, We met at McDonald's at 7 o'clock, and we went through the book of James, and we just had a great time as we grew in God together. I want you to take your Bibles, I want you to take your cell phone, iPhone, iPad, however you read the Bible, and if you don't bring your Bible, that's great, we have it up on the screen for you, but I want us all to stand this morning in the honor of reading God's Word. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 is my text this morning, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, we're going to read two passages of Scripture, two verses of Scripture out of this text. And the Bible says, now Jabez was more honorable, everyone say honorable. Than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, so that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. God granted him what he requested. This morning, I'm going to speak to you on the topic of La Grande Pregunta. La Grande Pregunta. The big ask. The big ask. you got to be careful how you say that there. The big ask. La Grande Pregunta. The big ask. Let's pray. Father, in these next few moments, we desperately need you. You are truly a good Father, and your love for us is so reckless. Thank you that you did leave the 99 to chase us. Lord, we are so thankful for your kindness in our life, and Lord, for the the power of grace that we've already experienced. Thank you for these beautiful people that are here today. God, at the sound of my voice, I pray that they'll have an ear to hear. God, their spiritual ears will be open, and God, you'll give me a mouth to speak. I thank you, Lord, that my words will become your words in the ears and the hearts of those who hear so that we can leave this place changed in the power of your name. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. What's the biggest ask you've ever made? What's the biggest ask? Have you ever asked for a promotion before? Well, if you've ever been married, someone either generally the guy does it, but today I know things are a little different, but someone has the back, big ask, the, the big question. If you've, ever, if you've ever been involved in sales before, you've been involved in sales, there's the big ask. There's the, you're asking for the order. The, the big ask is a common term in the business world, but there are times when I believe that God God responds to people who have a big ask in them. Have you ever watched the show Shark Tank before? Anybody watched Shark Tank before? You ever watched Shark Tank? It's one of my favorite shows. We watch it as a family and we try to pretend like we're the billionaires and doling out money. And, and you know, Kevin, you know, somebody comes in with a dumb idea and he goes, that's, a, that's like poo poo on a stick to me, you're dead to me, you're out of here, you know, and, and then Lori will like someone's idea and, and uh, they'll, you know, they'll come in and they'll say, well, we want, you know, for 10% equity, we want $50,000. Oh, that's not enough. Uh, but I want 20% equity, but I'll give you $200,000. But every person coming in there, they got a big ask. I mean, they got a big ask. They, they got a vision. They got a dream. They got a preferred future. They, want, they have some place they want to go with their life. And so they prepared. They, they've studied. They know their numbers. And if they don't... And if, if they come in there and they're a rat and they're trying to pull one over on the sharks, Mark Cuban sings them. Just boom, man, you're out of here. Not, you know what 90, minus, uh, 90 minus, minus 4 is? 86, 86, you're out of here. Take a hike, you know. And, but these people come in, they got a big ask. And as we look at this man in the Bible whose name was Jabez, his name literally means one who causes pain. Jabez had a big ask. I find this quite interesting, this, this passage is, is tucked away in the list of genealogies. If you were to open your Bible, if you had a physical Bible, and you were to turn the page starting start in 1 Chronicles chapter 1, you probably would just skip through, right through this chapter, because his name is stuck in a list of several hundred other names, where basically it says, so-and-so begat so-and-so, or so-and-so was the father of so-and-so. And it goes on and on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, in chapter 4, verse number 9, Jabez pops up. Uh, Jabez, though, had a problem. He had a bad name. Remember back in the 60s, there was a song called Born Under a Bad Sign. (laughs) Anybody remember that song? I played it the other day. Just not a good song. Not a good song. But it was a song that really resonated with culture because there's a lot of people that feel like they were born with a bad break. They had. They were born in the wrong family. They're born in a place of lack, and, and Jabez had a problem. His name literally meant pain. Can you imagine running around? Hey, what's your name? Pain? You're like what? You got to be kidding me. His mother called him pain. Now, obviously, there must be a reason that you would call your child pain. Obviously, there was a reason. The reason was is that who knows? Bible doesn't tell us. But could have been a difficult childbirth could have been a difficult childbirth. He, Jabez could have been, a, he probably was, the Bible seems to indicate he had other brothers. He could have been in a long line of brothers and, and maybe doesn't have a dad and there's no way for her to be able to provide for this other child. Whatever his case is, his mother stuck a label on him. His mother put a, a label you know, our culture wants to put labels on people. We want to label you're a right winger, you're a left winger, you're this, you're that. Labels, labels, labels. And I always say this leave your labels and your logos at the door because that's not what identifies you today. As a Christ follower today, what identifies us is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Laura and I were invited by uh, Ray and Sherry Bennett to attend a lunch down in Orlando at the, uh, the Haven of Hope. And uh, it was a really, there was a couple more people that were at this little lunch. It was inside of a, inside of a small little office strip building. And, and as we were having lunch, I got to hear different people's stories. Every person in this picture, except for the lady leading it and Ray and Sherry, every person, and myself, uh, every person that was there is HIV or A carries AIDS, is currently has AIDS in their body. And and we got to just hear their stories. They got to tell us about their life. And and my wife went outside. She was talking to one lady, and her name was Mary. And uh, Mary's a beautiful young lady, and God has really done a work in her life. And Mary was talking to my wife about her identity, talking about how that she's got HIV, and how she got it, and the pain, so much pain. And every one of these people, the guy that I was talking to, Robert, so much pain. Guys, I can't even, I mean, they've had to walk through and live through things that I can't even imagine. And in our culture, if you're labeled, you have AIDS, you're a carrier of AIDS, or, or you're an HIV positive, that's a label. Everywhere you go, that's a label. And you become an outcast in society. It's the modern-day leprosy. It's not as bad as it was in the 90s or the late 80s when it first came out of America. But there's still a great stigma to it. And she was telling my wife how she came to faith in Christ and how God changed her identity. She said, Jesus doesn't see me as a carrier of HIV. Jesus sees me as one who carries his love. And she began to talk about it. She said, my identity is not in my HIV now. My identity is in Jesus Christ. You see, the fact is today, labels and logos get branded and stuck on people. But that's not who you are. That's not who God created you to be. Jabez had pain. I don't know his pain. The Bible doesn't tell us. There's only two verses. There's one other place in the Bible that his name is kind of, sort of mentioned. But, but the Bible tells us nothing about his life other than he had a life of pain. C.S. Lewis once said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He whispers us to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience. And he shouts in a megaphone to us in our pain. There's something about pain that grabs our attention. But Jabez was a different man. Although he had been given a name by his mother, that name wasn't going to identify his life. Someone might have identified you with a label today. You might even put a label on yourself. I'm no good, I'm stupid, I'm bad, I, I'm a failure. I, I listen to people talk sometimes, I'm like, wow, you know, the way they're talking about themselves, that's what the devil says about you. I've heard many people, and I've done it myself, I feel so stupid, I've done something dumb, or I, I've sinned again, or I, I've done something, I, God, why? I'm so dumb. No, don't put labels on yourself. Don't allow anyone else to put a label on you that identifies you, that brands you, that marks you, that causes you from being what Christ has called you to be. You see, a label can't determine who you are. Only the Lord can determine your destiny today. You know, Mary and this group of people that were sitting down there receiving the grace of God, but Mary in particular, she chose to be a victor, not a victim. She chose to be a victor And not a victim. And the Bible says in verse number 9 that Jabez position before God was more honorable. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. He was more honorable. He had a better name. The word honorable has a sense of weightiness, of heaviness to it, a, a sense of prominence. He was more honorable. You know why he was more honorable? Because he called he called on god i looked 725 times people in the bible called on god calling on god jabez called on god the psalmist declares it like this call upon me the lord says in your day of trouble and i shall rescue you and you will honor me call on Calling on God is simply praying to God, talking to God. The Bible talks about different kinds of prayers. This is a a bold prayer. This is a a person that is desperate. This is a person that wants change. This is a person that's come to the end of themselves. This is a person that can't keep doing life the way they don't want to keep living the way that they've always lived, with the same kind of pain, with the same kind of identity. This is a, a person who's ready for change. This is a person who's ready to have change in their life. Jabez called on the God of Israel. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, without faith. Everyone say faith. Faith. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards. Everyone say rewards. Those who earnestly call or pursue or seek after him. Jabez called. He called on God. When was the last time you called on God? When was the last time you actually called on God? Once I said, God, you know what? I can't figure this out. God, this relationship in my job, it just stinks. I'm not getting along with this person. God, my child, I just, I can't, I can't seem to make it work. We're, we're at odds with one another. And oh, God, help me. God, help me. God, I need you today. God, I got a bill here I can't pay. God, I got a diagnosis from a doctor I can't seem to figure out. The doctors can't seem to figure out. When was the last time that you found yourself in a place where you needed God? Jabez called on God. The Bible says he was more honorable. And here is his grande pregunta, his big ask. He asked God for favor. He asked God for favor. God, would you bless me? Everyone say, bless me. God, would you bless me? To bless means to be prosperous, to be healthy, to be whole in mind and spirit, to make happy. To make happy is literally what it means. Jesus, when he came and he taught the kingdom of God, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst, happy, fulfilled, prosperous are those who seek after God's kingdom. Jabez was going after God. He was calling on God. He said, God, will you bless me? See, this is the heart of God today. A blessing, although it can contain the idea, the concept of physical prosperity in the kingdom of God, is far beyond money and riches and wealth. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it's hard for people that possess a lot of that to enter into his kingdom. No, this goes far beyond that. This is the promise that God made to Abraham. When Jabez prayed this prayer, he was taking this back to the covenant relationship that God had made with his father Abraham. You see, God told Abraham that he would bless him. But it even goes back before that, it goes all the way back to the garden when God created Adam and Eve in his image. And the Bible says that God blessed him, God blessed his children. See, a good father loves to bless his kids. When both of my boys turned 18, we had a blessing service. Some of you were invited and some of you attended that service. And I remember the power of that day. We had talked with them about it over the years. And, and when that day came, I, I, spoke, I stood before my boys. And we had other people speak blessings over their, them and, and pray over them. But then at the end, I, as a father, I put my hands upon their head. And I blessed them. I blessed them. I spoke the blessing of God. I had a, a little outline that I went through, and I declared God's promises and blessing over their life. See, blessing the heart of God today is to bless. In Ephesians, Paul says, Praise be to the God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. God wants to bless you today. God doesn't want you to have labels and logos branded to your life that keep you living a life of inefficiency, ineffectiveness, brokenness, despair. No, 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 no. That's not your identity today. God wants to bless you with every single spiritual blessing. As a matter of fact, the book of Acts says it like this. This is why God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus. The Bible says, having raised up his servant, he sent him to bless you. Everyone say, bless me. Jesus was sent to bless you. That's why he came. By turning every one of you away from your iniquities. Sin sinks. The Savior causes you to sail into a new identity. Sin will sink you in your life. Sin will take you to places of bondage and despair and lack. Even if you have resources, you won't be able to believe for God to intervene in a certain area of your life that you haven't been able to figure out. But Jesus has come to turn us away from our iniquities so that we can sell into a future that God has planned for us. You see, a good father is a giver of good gifts. You being sinful know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? The father wants to give you a good gift today. Are you willing to ask for it? Are you willing to ask? La grande pregunta? Pretty good. Pretty good. Are you willing to ask today? You willing to ask? Not only did he ask for God's blessing, he also asked for God's promises. In verse number 10, he said, God, will you enlarge my territory? Uh, Enlarging of territory has to do with two things, influence and impact. Everyone say influence. Everyone say impact. Again, we have to go back to Jabez's life. You see, Jabez lived in a context of a Jewish culture where everybody in his relationships, all of his friends, all of his family members, everyone identified with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as being their spiritual fathers. And they believed. They believed that God, the promise that God had made to Abraham was their promise. They believed it with all their heart going to the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. This is what God says to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will make you a, this is God's promise. This is what Jabez is asking for. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed you. Abraham, you'll have a son. You'll have a people, a nation. You'll have land much longer, larger than what you possess today. You'll have my divine protection. If people bless you, I will bless them. If people bless you, I will bless them. If they don't bless you, I won't bless them. And then I'm going to make you a blessing to the nations. That was the promise. Jabez is praying, God, will you enlarge my territory? You see, land was significant in the Old Testament because it represented their wealth. It represented the promise that God had made to Abraham. God, enlarge my territory. God, enlarge my influence. Enlarge my capacity. God, I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. God, I want to to bless. I want to live life open-handed. Today's core value, if you are on a serve team today and and you were talking in your group, your core value today was core value number eight. And core value number eight at City Church is we live to give. See, God blesses you. God gives you an abundance for every good work so that you can live like Abraham of old to be a blessing to the nations. To be a blessing to the nations. Over the last two months at City Church, you've given over $35,000 to different needs, to hurricane relief disasters, to, 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 to the, the, the Puerto Rico situation, to Convoy of Hope, to, to Habitat for Humanity, to, to the Pregnancy Center, to Christian Sharing, to missionaries. Over the last two months as a congregation, you see, God has blessed you so that you can give And what what Jabez understood is what the psalmist understood. That when you bless, you find influence with God and with man. In Psalms chapter 41, the Bible says, Blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in their times of trouble. And the Lord protects and preserves them. And they are counted among the blessed in the land. And he does not give them over to the desires of their poor. When you live to give, when you live for influence, Jabez understood the power of being a blessing. See, wealth and increase is never about us. It's never about more stuff. It's not about more toys. If you have them, it's great, but it's not about that. It's about living a life of influence. The Proverbs says, if you help the poor, those in need, you are lending to to the Lord, and the Lord will repay you. Jesus said it like this, whoever wants to be great in my kingdom. If you want to be great, if you want to have influence, if you want to touch people, you got to become a servant of all. Jabez looked around and said, God, I know that you got more for me. When was the last time that you asked for God? When was the last time that you asked for God's promises to be fulfilled in your life? God, I know that you have more for me. God, I know that you have more for me today. God wants to bless. God wants your influence to grow. Are you willing to pray? La grande pregunta. Are you willing for the big ask today? Are you willing to ask God, God, I want greater influence and impact in my life. The third thing that Jabez asked for is he asked for God's presence and power. Look at verse number 10. That your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me. The hand of God. The right hand of God. And anthropomorphism, that's a tough word, say that three times real fast. Anthropomorphism, it simply means a human attribute contributed or attributed to God. The right hand of God, the strong hand of God, the powerful hand of God. That God, your powerful hand will be with me. simply means your authority, your authority. You see, as believers today, God has delegated authority to those who put their faith in him. Exodus chapter 15, the Bible says, your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your authority, your right hand, O Lord, smashes the enemy. The authority, the power of God, smashes the enemy, demolishes and destroys strongholds and lies that have been assigned against you. Your God, may your right hand May your power, may your presence be with me. When Jesus came, Jesus commissioned his disciples. If you are a Christ follower today, you are a disciple of Jesus. Say, I am a disciple of Jesus. You're a disciple of Jesus. And this is what the disciples of Jesus did they preached, everyone say, preached. They told people about Jesus. They taught people how to live God's way. They taught them that the kingdom life, God's life, is different than the life that they've been living. And then the Bible says they went around and they healed people who were sick. And they delivered people who were held captive by Satan. Jesus commissioned them. Jesus gave them authority. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you don't need a pastor. You don't need a priest. You don't need a politician to set you free. You need Jesus and his right hand and his right his power and his authority to go before you because Christ is in you. And that same authority he gave the disciples, he's given to you today. See, so he was asking God. He was asking God for that spiritual power and authority to live victorious. But he was also asking for direction. God, let your right hand direct me. Let your right hand go before me. Psalms 25 says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my God and my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Show me your ways. God, teach me. Teach me how to be a better employee. God, teach me how to be a better boss. God, teach me how to be a better student. God, teach me. Teach me. Teach me how to be a better mom, better dad, better, a, 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 a better child. God, teach me how to be a better servant. Teach me how to serve better in your house. Teach me how to love people. God, guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God and my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. When was the last time that you asked God for direction? When was the last time that you asked God to teach you, to show you something that you didn't know how to figure out? God's sake, speaking to you today, God teach, teach me, God direct me, lead me. We were had moved to Seattle from Arizona, my wife and I. It was our first year of marriage. It was 1988, and uh, we were. I went. I went to to Seattle to go to Bible college, and so uh, you know we're Christians, and Christians go to church or should go to church. And so uh, we said, well, let's go, for, let's go to church Sunday morning. We didn't know one person in Seattle. Didn't know anything about the, Way before the days of GPS, 88, Google wasn't even a dream or a thought in anybody's mind yet. There's no Google Maps. There's no iPhone Maps. It's the old school. Everybody know old school? You go to the phone book that's in front of the 7-Eleven and you pull out a map, right? You know, you, you try to find a map. And, and the page that you need when you go to the phone book was always torn out. Anybody remember those days? you got to be over a certain year to remember that. But I, you'd go like, you. oh, Catholic, just get to the phone booth. We can make a phone call and find out where they're at. And you're trying to write down directions. And, and so Sunday morning, uh, we were bedside Baptist and we slept in. And then, I'm just kidding. And then, and then so we said, well, we'll go Sunday night. We'll go find a church Sunday night. And so I'm not making for the Baptist. I'm a Bapticostal, so It's all good. And so I, I'm not picking on anybody here. So we said, well, we'll go Sunday night, and so we found a couple of churches that were open on Sunday night, and, and we just went. We didn't pray about it. We didn't ask the Lord to direct us or lead us. We are just kind of just going to go and figure this out. And, and we went to this church, and the first church that we went to, everybody say, weird? Now, all, all Christians are weird, right? I mean, we know we lift our hands, and if you're coming from a culture that people don't lift their hands, like, oh, what's that about? And, but these guys were really weird. Like, really weird. I don't know what it was, but I looked down at the altar. This is a true story. I looked down at the altar, and there were these two girls at the altar, and they were praying, and they were rubbing their necks together. I mean, like, I didn't know how they did it. It was the most contorted thing I'd ever seen. And my wife, you know, they're having a pre-prayer service, and, and my wife is kneeling down, and she's praying. I'm, I'm looking at like, these people are weird. I mean, I'm weird, but they're really weird. I say, hey, get it. we're getting out of here. So I told the Lord, I said, come on, let's go. We're going to get out of here. So we left that place, and and so she had another church on her list. It was a Bible church. You walked in the church. Everybody had a notebook. Everybody had old school, because that's all they had. But everybody had their Bible open, and the place was packed. I mean, every seat, about, this size of a, uh, this, about this many seats in the auditorium, every single seat was full. The pastor had this overhead projector up there, and he was teaching, and he was teaching in the Bible. And uh, in the middle of service, he says something, and my wife just leans over to say something to me. And he stops the service, and he points at me. And he says, we don't do that here. My first time. I didn't even do anything. I'm just sitting here. And she whispered, I mean, whispered to me. And that guy, and oh, I'm I'm 25 years old. I'm a hothead still. I've been saved. I'm not sanctified. I'm furious. I can't believe it. He pointed me out. I can't. I stand up in the middle. I'm like, I can't believe this. What is this? We're out of here. And kicking the door. And I'm I was so angry. I, le- I left the church. Now, listen, this is, this is 34 years. This is a long time ago, okay? Give me a break, all right? This is young Eugene. Still had full head of hair. All right? I kick that door. I go flying out of there. I'm so angry. And as I walk out the door with my wife, the deacon comes to the, to the vestibule. It comes right behind me, and he locks the door on me. <laughs> so I drove around the block, and I'm so angry. I'm going back there, and I'm going to tell them off. And I go to the door, and the, all the doors are locked. <laughs> so what we did is we realized that calling on God for direction in our life was really, I, I finally, I got the clue. It was really important. It was really important. So we went home, and I asked God to forgive us. We got, I can take you to the place, the chair. We got our knees, and we said, God, direct us. We want to be in your will. Jabez asked for God's direction. And then finally, the last thing that he prayed is that God would keep him from evil. God, will you protect me? Keep me from evil so that I may not cause pain. God, keep me from evil. One of the saddest realities of the Christian life is that people will live their whole life for God. People will do a lot of good things. And at some point in the relationship with God, it becomes cool. They begin to drift. Church attendance, giving, living for the mission. It becomes cool. They become more concerned about retirement and just kind of finishing out easy. And they lose that sense. And then... They find themselves doing things that they never could have imagined they would have done. And they bring pain not just to themselves, but to many other people. See, no person sins to their own demise. All sin has tentacles and impacts other people. My sin, your sin. We've all sinned. And Jabez knew the power. He knew the consequence. He knew the consequence of his spiritual father, David. He he knew the consequence, even of some of the mistakes of the patriarchs that they had made. He knew that they had brought evil into their families because of choices. They loved God, yes. They would made bad choices. Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, he said, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us... From the evil one. It's a powerful prayer. It's a powerful prayer. See, Satan comes like a roaring lion. He wants to deceive you, he wants to twist your thinking, he wants to take you in places that you should never be, he wants to bring pain into your life. Our own human nature, our own human desires, James says, our own sinful hearts pull us away to do evil. And Jesus said, And when you pray, pray, Lord lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How do you experience deliverance today? You can pray, but number one, you got to run. Everyone say run. you got to run from evil. you got to run from it. You can't hang around it. I, I work with guys that are, uh, often, I talk with people that are still struggling with life-controlling addictions, and they find themselves falling back and there's three things every time that takes a person backwards. Hanging out with the wrong people, going to the wrong places, and having the wrong playthings. Those three things every time. If you're a Christ follower, you're trying to move forward, but you start hanging around. There are people. They might be even your very family members. Uh, they might be people that you know for a long time, but when you start to get around them, their attitude, their spirit, the way they live, they might even be Christians. They're sour in their disposition. They have no faith for a preferred future. But every time, Paul says, run from it. Timothy, run from evil. Flee from it, but pursue. Everyone say, pursue. It isn't just enough to stop doing something. It isn't just enough to get free from an addiction. It isn't just enough to to stop something. Something else must replace it. We might not just run from something. We have to run to something. And what do we run to? We run to faith. We run to love. We run to peace. We run to Jesus. Paul the Apostle said it like this, I do everything to spread the good news and to share his blessing. Don't you realize in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run your life to win. Run your life to win. Run your life to win on it today. God loves you. His love is so reckless, so awesome, so amazing. Then I want you to see the last part of this verse here. 1 Chronicles 4.10. And so God granted him what he asked. La grande pregunta. The big ask. The big question. La grande por favor. The big favor. God My cousin sent me an email about a year ago, it was a, and she had a big ask. Her kidneys have been not functioning correctly for about 10 years, and they were getting very, very low. They're getting down to the place where they weren't going to continue to function, and she wasn't going to live, and she was getting desperate. And so she sent an email out to her family and friends. I'm not that close to her. I mean, I, I've known her my whole life, but, you know. And I read this email, and she was asking for a donor, that's a big ask. Uh, there's actually an organization called The Big Ask, The Big Give. The Big Ask, it, it's a kidney donation uh, organization. Can you put that picture up there for me, guys? No big deal. But it's a big ask. I, I thought, wow. I remember reading that thinking, you know, would I be willing to do that? I, I mean, I like her. but To get my kidney? You start reading all the potential you know, side effects and, and it went out there for a couple weeks. I contemplated it for about three minutes. And I like, I don't know, man. Ooh, big ask. Big ask. One of her other cousins responded with a big give. And about five months ago, she had a kidney transplant. That was a big ask. That was a bold ask. She was asking because she wanted to save her life. Do you hear that today? I pray for her. She doesn't know Christ. She doesn't know Christ. She's far from God today. Doesn't believe like we believe in any way, shape, or form. But she was willing to ask big. How many of you are willing to ask God today for something big? How many say, God? See, Jabez was more honorable because he was willing to ask God. He was willing to ask. I want you to close your eyes. I don't know what this elicited. I don't know what the Holy Spirit spoke to you. I don't know what you're walking through. Some people, you're just kind of cruising through life. and I don't ever pray for bad things to happen. Bad things are going to happen. And things that are out of our control are going to take place. But is there something? Maybe it's more influence and greater impact. Maybe it's protection. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you've got to struggle. Maybe you keep finding yourself falling back and to doing things you shouldn't do. Maybe you just want a fresh sense of His favor. Maybe today you just got cool and that reality of Him being your We said He's such a good Father. We sang it. We declared it. We talked about the reckless love of God. He left the one. Left the 99 to chase the one. Maybe it's just a fresh sense of His love. But if you're here today you say, you know what? I got a big ask in me. I don't know what it is today. We're going to in just a moment here, I'm going to invite you to come. and the, I want the altar workers to prepare themselves. But if you're here today and say, God, i got a big ask. On the count of three, will you raise your hand? One, two, three. Right now, come on, raise your hand in this room. Amen. I want everyone to stand with me this morning. The worship team is going to lead us. And altar workers, if you could make your way down, we're going to take just a moment right now. Uh, listen, this is your time. We say normally we have the, the prayer time in the middle. but today. This is your time to connect with God. I I don't know about you, but Jabez was more honorable because there was a desperation. He was willing to pray the prayer that no one else is willing to pray. Uh, There's nothing magical about coming into the altar, but there's something powerful about you stepping out in faith. You raised your hand, didn't raise your hand. As the worship team begins to play, we're going to take just a few moments here, and I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to come and bring your big ask grande pregunta. I'm going to invite you to bring your big ask to God today. Let's worship.